Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk, ICRT's weekly interview segment, bringing you conversations from and about Taiwan. I'm Keith Manconi. Taiwan is often thought of as a very vegetarian-friendly country. Uh, after all, a large proportion of its residents identify as vegetarian. Uh, veganism, meanwhile, is also on the upswing. Uh, veganism is, of course, uh, the rejection of not only meat products, uh, but also any product that comes from animals, such as dairy or eggs. Uh, in some cases, you know, even something like honey might be rejected uh, in veganism. And uh, to kind of underscore that, uh, many vegan restaurants in Taiwan have recently earned international recognition. So uh, definitely a lot of options if you are of the vegan or vegetarian persuasion over here. So Taiwan, plant lover's paradise? Well, there are some wrinkles in this story and some flies in the ointment, which is obviously a, a big problem if you want vegan ointment. Flies, n not so vegan. Uh, the issue is that you can't always take that vegetarian or vegan label at face value here in Taiwan. Their signboard may say vegan, 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 but their heaps of cheese and sour cream tell a different story. Culture uh, is in the mix here. Religion, history also kind of playing a role, uh, meaning that fundamentally the concept of veganism and vegetarianism is just a little bit different from what many in the West might expect. So that means that it can just be pretty tricky to navigate for newcomers who are, are not steeped in that culture. So lucky for anyone who's trying to find their vegan way in this confusing landscape. Uh, today, we're going to be speaking with Jesse Duffield, uh, who has written two Taiwan travel books aimed at helping vegans and vegetarian travelers stay well-fed during their stay in Taiwan. Uh, those two books would be Taipei in Four Days, A Travel Guide for Vegans, and Taiwan, A Travel Guide for Vegans. Jesse joined me recently at the ICRT studio to discuss them. Jesse Duffield, thanks so much for being here today. Ah, thanks for having me on the program. So let's, uh, before we even get to the book, before we even get to vegetarianism, veganism, anything, let's start with your uh, credentials uh, for why uh, you are qualified to write this book. Because actually, this is not a book written on hearsay. This is not a book written on, you know, you read some reviews online and this is what you put together. You went to all these restaurants. That's correct. So uh, tell us about uh, what, what, what you actually did in preparation for this. You spent quite a considerable amount of time going around Taiwan and uh, figuring out what, for you, I mean, it, you know, it's subjective, but what for you are the best uh, vegan and vegetarian spots in town? That's right. I spent a year sort of working part-time on and off, basically visiting the places in Taiwan that I thought tourists would go and finding the best places to go and the best places to eat and putting them together into itineraries for travelers, for vegan or vegetarian travelers in Taiwan. Right, okay, and, and, and that must have been uh, a little bit challenging. I mean, were there, were there fits and starts? Were there uh, plenty of times where you discovered a place that you thought was going to be vegan wasn't actually vegan? Uh, yes, that happens quite often. Um, mm -hmm. And because I'm writing it for foreign visitors to, tai to Taiwan, it has to be somewhere where it's all vegan or it's very clearly vegan. Mm -hmm. So I'm really trying to write for people who simply want to come to Taiwan and relax, mm -hmm. see this great country and be able to eat without any problems. 
Right. So yes, many times a place isn't there or it says it's vegan and it's not vegan or it's moved or whatever, and then I just don't, don't include it. All right, and we'll get into those complexities uh, in just a second. But that's a good segue into uh, the focus of the book itself. Uh, and, you know, this is, uh, in a lot of ways, just a normal travel book. You give a lot of the same information that you'd get in any other travel book. You get the transportation information. You get uh, some historical information. But uh, the focus here really is on uh, vegans in particular. So why was it important to you uh, to make a travel book with, you know, all the things that a normal travel book has, but specifically focusing uh, on vegans? While while traveling overseas, particularly in Japan, I was frustrated by the need to match up conventional travel information of places to see and places to go Mm. with other information on where vegetarians and vegans can eat and Mm. then matching them up and putting all my own itineraries together. Mm. So I thought vegans and vegetarians really should have our own guidebooks where which tell what to see and where to go and where to eat all in one place. Right, because, you know, eating is uh, really a big part of any vacation when uh, somebody's going somewhere. And so uh, it, it's kind of just uh, the, the, the through line for these itineraries that you've set up uh, in this book is, you know, here's something that uh, anybody would want to see, but, uh, you know, you keep it grounded in some pretty good food options. Exactly. Mm. Uh, but then it's, it's, it's interesting because it's not just the food uh, that's different. Uh, you also talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, uh, the, the, the term would be cruelty-free entertainment or cru- cruelty-free attractions. That's right. I'm really trying to make a resource that covers everything vegans or vegetarians would need while traveling. Mm-hmm. And so vegans and vegetarians don't want to go to zoos or... Um, Dolphinariums or aquariums mm. um, or steakhouses, and so I would say. Or if you're on Green Island, you don't want to go to the. If you've ever seen those chained up deers, I'm sure that that wouldn't put a smile on a vegan's ah, face. Green Island is actually on my list of places to add, but it's not there yet. <laughs> um, but precisely, that's yeah. the kind of thing, and so that's where the idea came that vegans and vegetarians need our own travel guides to cover where to go, where to eat, and everything in one place. Mm. And that was the idea of the book. And as far as I know, it's the first such book written yet. Mm. Uh, right. And you, you, you mentioned Happy Cow there a second ago. And I guess uh, just to clarify, that's uh, you were telling me something like a trip advisor uh, specifically for uh, vegans, vegetarians, uh, giving reviews and uh, pointing out where all the good spots to eat are. Uh, so... Let's uh, talk a little bit about why this would be a challenging thing uh, to figure out on your own. Obviously, there's a language barrier. We all face that. Uh, But then there's also a a number of other tricky things about uh, veganism and vegetarianism and the way that that's thought about in Taiwan and how it's a a little bit different from the way that it's perhaps thought about in the West. Uh, Just the concepts don't 100% match up in a lot of places. Uh, And let's uh, start really uh, with just explaining... Uh, the religious connection, because uh, for a lot of people that consider themselves vegetarian in Taiwan, there's uh, a religious motivation there. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, how, how religion plays a role in all this. Sure. Most vegetarian restaurants in Taiwan are run by spiritual, spiritual religious people, mm-hmm. um, usually Buddhists or Ikuan Dao, which is another. It's about the third largest religion in Taiwan. Mm. And these groups are very strictly, usually very passionately vegetarian, but they eat dairy and often egg. 
and really don't understand the difference between vegetarianism and veganism. Mm. Um, to the point that there's, there are restaurants called that will boldly advertise we are a vegan restaurant or even call themselves vegan house but actually aren't vegan restaurants. Mm. Um, unfortunately, vegan is shorter than vegetarian and easy, easier to say for a non-native <laughs> speaker. Oh, I, yeah, that, 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 would, that would play a strong role. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and so they really just don't understand. Mm. And I think, to be honest, sometimes almost take offense at the idea that I or a, a traveler, especially a foreign traveler, might know better than them about mm. things, for example, such as egg in their fake meat or dairy in their mayonnaise, which they just turn a blind eye to. Mm. Right. Yeah. So they, you know, they already consider themselves doing pretty good with their vegetarianism. They don't want somebody coming in here and saying, I'm even stricter. That's right. Yeah. And that causes problems for travelers, no end. For example, there is a pizza place opened near Beitou, where I used to mm -hmm. live, and it advertised itself as vegan, and a vegan traveler wrote a review on Happy Cow about the vegan mozzarella cheese they had. Mm. And it wasn't vegan mozzarella cheese. They just called it vegan because it was vegetarian and they didn't know the difference. <laughs> um, or where I am, there's a, near Shinju, where I live, there's mm. a burger bar called Vegan Burger. Mm -hmm. And... Most of it isn't vegan. Mm. They just, when I asked them about the sort of seeming contradiction, they just looked at me as if I was stupid and said, "Well, if you don't want, if you want vegan, just get the ones without cheese." But of course, the bread would be made with dairy, and the fake meat would be made with egg, and it, they just they just don't understand it. Right. So it's just uh, the kind of the baseline concept for what's going on here is you know it's it's a different starting point. Uh, and then an, an, another interesting thing is uh, for some places that say that uh, they're vegetarian, that also means that they're not going to be eating any onions or garlic. Ah, that's another part of the part of the. Well, it's not part of the problem. I mean, it's perfectly fine for Buddhists to say not to eat onion or garlic. So that, Arguably, that, it's healthier. But that, the, that's a, a Buddhist belief. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it interferes with meditation. I think, mm. but that is considered vegan, mm -hmm. whereas dairy. So basically vegan means no meat, no egg, no onion, no garlic. Mm -hmm. I generally don't make an issue of it. You know, if they're not going to serve onion or garlic, of course that's no problem. But mm -hmm. the trouble is that that's what vegetarian and that's what vegan means. Right. Not no dairy. So yeah, not, not exactly. It uh, doesn't map one-to-one. -one. And so would that be the difference between su uh, shi and shu shi? Ah, that's an interesting one. Sushi is traditional is traditionally used for vegetarian. Sushi mm -hmm. is more commonly used for vegan food, but is not exclusively vegan either. Okay. Chuensu uh, is vegan, mm -hmm. and chuensu is vegan. That's mm. totally vegetarian and pure mm -hmm. vegetarian. Yeah. But sushi is more commonly used for vegan restaurants, but not consistently. And this would be one of the areas that you explore. For any of our listeners that are just a little bit lost hearing uh, us, us uh, mess around with this Chinese, this is one of the areas that you explore very explicitly and in detail uh, in the book, trying to sort out exactly what all these categories map onto. Correct. And there I really try and – it's also on my blog. But mm -hmm. there I try and break it down into just this is what you need to know to ensure you get vegan food while traveling Taiwan. Right. It was interesting. You actually have a sentence, uh, a number of sentences written in Chinese that you, you tell people you can just hand this to them and they'll give you what you want. But you need to be very specific. You can't just say I'm a vegan. It needs to be something along the lines of 
I only eat wuchisu. I I I I only eat vegetarian food, but I also like onions and garlic. Like you, you really need to specify exactly what you're interested in. That's right. And I don't teach dairy or egg. That's the <laughs> most important thing to say for vegans. Yeah. Right. So it's it's uh it's not just a couple of simple words you got to learn. It's a it's it's a whole big long sentence. That's true. Although, as much as possible, I encourage vegan travellers to eat really exclusively at vegan or at least the best vegetarian restaurants. So I, I include that sentence, as you say, but I actually hope that vegan travellers will use the book and not actually ever need to do that, mm. especially here in Taipei, where there are so many good vegan restaurants. Well, let's talk about that. So it's, uh, it's not just a matter of, you know, you're stuck uh, eating at Subway and picking out the meat. Uh, you're not stuck uh, going to a family mart and just getting a bag of chips or something like that. There, there really are uh, very excellent vegan restaurants in Taiwan. So tell us a little bit about that. Ah, certainly there are very good vegan restaurants in Taiwan. What I think Taiwan offers beyond, I mean, there are good vegan restaurants in most cities in the world nowadays and with the rate veganism is growing. But what I think makes Taiwan unique as a destination for for vegan and vegetarian travellers and for residents like myself is the f- number of vegan and vegetarian restaurants and just the general understanding and respect for vegetarianism that visitors here really never need eat at a non-vegetarian restaurant. Mm. And there would be few countries that would offer that to travellers. Mm. And so if you can kind of tap into that uh, and, and, and know where those spots are, it's uh, not such a difficult place to travel for a vegan or a vegetarian? Oh, I would say Taiwan would be... Perhaps second to India, but otherwise one of the easiest countries in the world to travel as a vegetarian or vegan. Yes. Mm. Let's talk about uh, some of the uh, three misconceptions that you bring in the book. I found these very interesting and very illuminating. Uh, so we can just kind of take these uh, one by one. Uh, I think one of the one of the first ones was that uh, a lot of people think that if they see the quote unquote upside down swastika, uh, that means that it's definitely a vegetarian spot. But that's uh A, that's not quite understanding where the symbol comes from, and B, it's not quite right. That's a really unfortunate misconception, which was spread by early guidebooks for Mm. many years and was Mm -hmm. believed by foreigners, including myself, for most of my time here. Yeah, this Svastika, the reverse Svastika, whatever it is, I think Mm -hmm. it's it's tilted and reversed, Mm -hmm. or rather it's the original that Hitler tilted and reversed. Right. But it's... It either means there's vegetarian food available here, Mm. or it means... Um, this is a Buddhist restaurant, mm-hmm. but it's only used by a small proportion of vegetarian restaurants. So there are a lot of foreigners who simply look for them and miss all the other vegetarian restaurants, which either use the sushi or the shushi symbols mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier. So the, the sushi and the shushi are a fairer bet. Uh, definitely. Mm. All right. So yeah, so even there, just a, a very practical piece of knowledge for anybody who's looking to kind of navigate on their own on the streets of Taiwan. Uh, The other misconception, one of the two other ones that you identify, is that there are a lot of vegetarians in Taiwan. And that's something I hear a lot. So I was surprised to hear you say that that's not 100% true. Yes. Vegetarianism is very popular and very respected in Taiwan. And most Taiwanese who follow the traditional sort of Buddhist, Taoist um, religion and philosophy in Taiwan eat vegetarian on certain days of the week or after the passing of an ancestor or simply because they like it or because it's healthy or it's convenient Mm. or they're in vegetarian company. And it's estimated that about 10% of Taiwanese eat vegan in any given meal sitting. But I would guess that only a few percent of Taiwanese, if that, are actually consistently vegetarian. Ah, 
So it's kind of seen as maybe a, a very virtuous thing. So if you ask somebody, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm a vegetarian. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they uh, carry that out at every single meal. Yes. Or they may not even claim to be vegetarian, but they might say, yes, I eat vegetarian often or I like to eat vegetarian food. Mm. Whereas where I come from, people are either vegetarian or vegan or else they wouldn't contemplate going to a vegetarian restaurant because they want their steak every meal. Right. Whereas here in Taiwan, it's perfectly normal to go to a vegetarian restaurant for everyone. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and it also seems to be the case here that even if somebody is largely vegetarian, the thought of getting a a few drops of you know, meat broth in their food doesn't really bother them that much. Whereas for somebody who's very strictly vegan, uh, it absolutely would. That's true. And that's actually one of the other big misconceptions is about fake meat. Oh, yeah. Let's get into that one. Um, Basically, the fake meat is something which is perfectly normal for Taiwanese to eat regularly, both vegetarian and non-vegetarian Taiwanese. So this is meat that uh, is not supposed to have any meat in it, but it's supposed to kind of simulate meat flavor and meat texture. Correct. And Buddhists, mostly in China, have kind of made, perhaps fake's the wrong word, they've made tofu and wheat gluten Mm -hmm. and natural, reasonably healthy foods into fake meat for millennia Mm -hmm. in order to promote vegetarianism among lay people, which Mm -hmm. was a great thing. But what's happened, and traditionally it's been vegan, it's been soy-based, it's been vegan ingredients. Right. But recently... It's been discovered that if you add a little bit of egg or milk, it makes it taste a little bit more meaty for the non-vegetarians that eat it often. Nothing tastes more like meat than meat. Ah, that's true. (laughs) Um, And that's where the other problem comes in, that a government survey, I think in 2009, found that over half of fake meat actually contained real meat or real meat byproducts. Uh, Right. So uh, that's certainly something that a lot of uh, vegans would not be super happy about. No. Um, so after that, I stopped eating fake, and I think most vegans stopped eating fake meat anywhere except very trustworthy vegan restaurants, many of whom make their own, or fake meat made from trustworthy Buddhist organizations. Mm. Part of the trouble is there's so much demand for it, that a lot of factories or companies which make regular meat products, say sausages, also make soy ones. Mm -hmm. And I guess the temptation is there just to tip some lard in and make it seem a little bit more meaty for the uh, majority of non-vegetarian followers. But for us vegans, we want, if we're going to eat fake meat at all, it has to be vegan. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I, when I look at like a buffet table uh, at some of, you know, the Jujutsan buffet sort Mm -hmm. of restaurants, there's usually just one communal spoon for everything. And I often wonder to myself, would a, would a vegan be okay with this? Because it's, it's being dipped into the meat spot. It's being dipped into the vegetables. There's really not uh, a lot of segregation going on there. So that must be another challenge uh, somewhat for, for vegans and vegetarians. Yes. I actually don't recommend vegans and vegetarians eat at non-vegetarian restaurants at all. Partly mm-hmm. that, partly the lack of understanding, and largely just that there are so many good vegetarian and vegan restaurants and they are mm. everywhere in Taiwan. There's just no need to. I don't think I've ever gone to a non-vegetarian buffet in mm. all my time here. So that's probably one of the major take-home points uh, from uh, the book. Yes. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, one, one, one question that I just want to clarify just for my own edification Stinky tofu, would that generally be vegan? No. No, really? I, th- I thought it was for years, and I've been okay. told, I've been sworn it is by many of the sellers of it, many of mm-hmm. the vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, every vendor 
has their own recipe or buys it from someone else with their own recipe that's secret. There's no standard culture for stinky tofu, so there's really mm-hmm. no way to know how much of it's vegan. Mm-hmm. But egg, uh, milk, and fake and rotten meat are all standard in the are all typical cultures used. Mm. And the vendors usually just buy a broth, marinate uh-huh. it for a few hours or a few days, and then cook it up. So they really have no idea where it comes from. Uh. There is a vegan stinky tofu restaurant in Taipei, which I recommend. Mm. Oh, okay. That's the Mikai Loving Hut, so, which yeah. makes its own version of stinky tofu, but it tastes very different to regular stinky tofu, which says something. I see. So you can you can track it down if you really want your stinky tofu. Yes. Man, I've never heard a less appetizing description of how stinky tofu is made. I think you may have ruined stinky tofu for me, but that's okay. Um, I've heard even less appetizing descriptions of how stinky tofu is made, but perhaps we shouldn't go into them on air. <laughs> Maybe not on air. All right, so uh, before we move on, i got a couple more topics that I want to uh, put to you. But before we move on, let's uh, just describe the books that you have uh, once again real quick. So it, you actually have kind of two works uh, set for, you know, it kind of depends on how long this traveler is planning to be in Taiwan. Uh, so the first would be Taipei in Four Days, a travel guide for vegans, and the second would be Taiwan, a travel guide for vegans. So the first one is really taking on northern Taiwan, four days, what can you do in a slightly smaller area. The second one is for a longer travel time, and you kind of broaden it out, uh, describe more areas in Taiwan. So tell us a little bit about what you're trying to do there in both books. Sure. Thank you. The first one, Taipei in four days, is really just that. For someone who's got four or perhaps five days Mm -hmm. in Taipei, Mm -hmm. um, they can see Taipei based on the subway line, so it's convenient. Basically, three outings and an overnight trip to Jolfin. Mm -hmm. Um, The second book is for visitors who are here from around 10 days to two weeks, Mm -hmm. and that includes all the same area but slightly broadened out because they've got a bit more time. Mm -hmm. It includes Jiaoxi and Hualien and Toika Gorge. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone's going to be here for longer than two weeks at this stage, I would recommend traveling right around Taiwan, particularly Kaohsiung and Tainan and Taichung, and mm-hmm. I'll obviously need other resources for that, but I'm working on expanding my Taiwan book mm-hmm. to include the rest of Taiwan over time. Mm. Yeah, and so for the uh, for the shorter travel time, you kind of condense stuff down just because if you're only going to be here for four days, you don't want to wade through all that detail. Correct. I mean, a part of the thing about the book is... For uh, particularly for vegans to travel, it takes a lot of time to plan things because we have to figure out where we want to go and where we want to eat and how to get from one place to the other. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of the book is to make that easy so you can buy the book, read it on the plane, check the weather forecast and know exactly where to go mm. um, or at least what options there are. But some people would say, well, if a book's 400 pages long and I'm only there for four days, what's the point? Right. So that's why I condensed it into a four-day one. Right. And it's, 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 it's funny, when I was first starting to travel... Uh, my friends caught me with a guidebook in my um, in my hands, and they just laughed and laughed and laughed. I mean, it just the word nerd was not strong enough for what they felt about me. So I was kind of turned off from guidebooks uh, for a number of years. Uh, but now that I've uh, had a little bit more experience traveling, I mean, I just got back from a trip to Japan a, a couple of weeks ago. I could have used a guidebook. I think. I think it. Uh, I, I think my friends. I. I, I think uh, I was. I was running away from that. But uh, actually, I think it's quite useful. Yeah, I actually think. Although obviously, I say this with a bias. <laughs> I actually think it's really sad that people don't use guidebooks now. Mm-hmm. Now, I have my frustrations with most guidebooks. That's why I wrote my own. Right. But. Of course, there are great travel sites on the internet, but they are all, or most of them, any good travel site that makes it high in Google is there to sell hotels, and most people are unaware mm. of that. You know, they have 
running a travel site costs money mm-hmm. and they have to make money and they make that on hotels. So they basically shuffle people to where there's money, where they mm-hmm. can sell hotels or activities or where they get high advert money, money mm-hmm. from their ads. Whereas a guidebook should be much more impartial and usually is. So yeah, I still recommend them. So there's no vegan mafia that you're a front man for? There's no vegan mafia, no. Not, <laughs> not as far as I know. All right, asking the hard questions on Taiwan Talk, really putting it to my guests. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's kind of round things out, looking at the very broad picture of uh, where this is all going. Because it does, I mean, I only really have sort of anecdotal evidence for this, but it does seem like veganism is on an upward trend here in Taiwan. Uh, I see a number of news stories out uh, fairly frequently uh, about, you know, groups that are getting together to uh, kind of uh, promote veganism or, or discuss ways to, uh, you know, make vegan cookies or vegan baking, all that kind of stuff in Taipei. I see stuff like that all the time, especially on Facebook. Uh, and then also uh, earlier this year, uh, CNN kind of recognized Taipei as one of the top 10 uh, vegan that. cities yeah. uh, in the world. So, uh, I mean, that's that's some vegan credentials right there. So uh, what are you seeing? I mean, is, is, are your observations kind of driving with mine? Is it on an upper oh, trend? Totally. Mm-hmm. When I came, when I first arrived in Taiwan a decade ago, there was no concept of veganism. No one mm-hmm. had heard of it. As I say, it was very, it was like as we talked about before. It was all dairy and egg, vegetarian, mm-hmm. um, and I really struggled to get vegan food. Whereas now there'd be a dozen, at least a dozen, really good vegan restaurants in Taipei that would do well anywhere in the world. Mm. So yeah, Taiwan, and it's all happening, and it's growing really fast, and I can't see that slowing down. Mm. Now, where do you think that that comes from? Because a lot of these groups that I see, they definitely seem to have kind of a Western tinge to them. Like a lot of the people that are starting these groups uh, are either expats or they're Taiwanese people that have spent time abroad. Uh, it does seem like veganism is, is still something of a Western concept. Yes, I would say so. I would say the Buddhist and Ikuan Dao restaurants kind of sowed the seeds for vegetarianism in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. But now as Taiwan becomes more international, people speak more English, and of course people travel more, I would say veganism is a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps along with environmental concerns and health concerns, which of course are also growing rapidly in Taiwan. Right, well, and veganism, food safety. And food safety, especially mm-hmm. after all the scandals we had. You know, none of them obviously were affected vegan food. Well, except for the fake meat. Oh, that, that, that's true. But, but that didn't make big vegan. news. Maybe one day that'll make big news. Um, it actually did make some – in vegan circles, it made reasonably <laughs> big news, especially considering that a lot of the fake meat all around the world comes from Taiwan. So mm. I could buy Taiwanese fake meat oh. in Auckland. I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember once taking fake meat from Taiwan to my workplace in Auckland and my colleagues telling me that they didn't believe it was fake and it was probably real pork. <laughs> And now I know they were probably correct. Wow, they, okay, yeah. Yeah, they were right to be skeptical. Um, but so really, yeah, I see veganism growing along with a lot of other trends in Taipei, mm. in Taiwan. It seems like it also has uh, some amount of connection to uh, kind of a growing animal rights movement as well. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I noticed that a lot of the same people that are showing up at these events are people that, you know, volunteer at animal shelters or, or are involved with uh, uh, advocating for animals' rights and all that. Yes. I would say compared with Western countries, there's more of a focus on veganism and less focus on animal rights, as in, say, protesting outside farms or traditional means of driving social change. Mm-hmm. but And that was new to me when I came. My, back, mm-hmm. my background is in animal rights more than vegan promotion. Mm. But 
of course it's connected. I mean, the philosophy is the same. Vegans don't want to harm animals. Mm-hmm. But it just seems that promoting veganism directly works in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And it's great. For, as a vegan, it's great to see how fast it's working. Mm. All right. Well, uh, the books are Taipei in Four Days, A Travel Guide for Vegans and Taiwan... The Whole Island, a travel guide for vegans. The author is Jesse Duffield, uh, and you can learn more about all of that on his blog, vegantaiwan.blogspot.tw. Jesse, thanks so much for coming in today. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for listening to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. Taiwan Talk, of course, broadcasts every Monday on ICRT FM 100. Uh, Look for that at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m., right after the top of the hour newscasts. You can find extended versions of the interviews, such as the one you just heard right here, uh, online at the ICRT website and on iTunes. Uh, So look for that there. Uh, We will also be throwing up a quick little blog post for this week's show. Uh, We're going to have links to articles about veganism in Taiwan, some interesting articles out of Ketagalan Media uh, that helped me prepare for this interview right here. You can probably learn a thing or two as well. Uh, We'll also have links to Jesse's blog, where uh, you can learn more about his book and uh, how to purchase it. So a lot of good stuff on that blog post. Look for that on the ICRT blog. That is going to be it for the show today. For Taiwan Talk and ICRT, I'm Keith Menconi. See you next time.